Well, what started out as a rainy day in Indianapolis has uh, started to clear up a little bit, and we are so fired up because we are a little over 24 hours. I don't know what, what give me the official math on this, but 26, 27, 28 hours from no, tip-off? What time is it now? 28 and a half hours away. Yeah, 28 and a half hours away from Winthrop and Villanova, and the subject of this podcast is going to be... Uh, it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's going to be a lot of research. We're, we're, we're going to expend a lot of energy in what we're about to present to you um, because we recorded this earlier in the week with Chris Gaynor. <laughs> that's what we've done throughout the last week. If we decided that we wanted to produce the videos, the audio, the podcasts, all the radio stuff we've done, we're doing some stuff with a couple of local TV stations in Charlotte, and we just woke up the day of the game and decided we wanted to do it. It doesn't work like that. This is an interview we talked to Chris Gaynor on Saturday, right before Selection Sunday. That's right. That's right. And we gave it to Winthrop and we said, use this in whatever ways you want to use it. Clip it and put highlights on it. And they used a couple of them. And I just think the whole interview is worth being out there. And if you want to listen to it, great. And if you don't, that that's your option too. That's why we have dozens of podcast <laughs> listeners, right. but Chris is one of our favorites. Yes, I mean, in yes. the years we've covered Winthrop, a floor general, just an unbelievable kind of will to win a, a, you can tell he comes from a family that was competitive and he's right. Chris Paul's uh, cousin, and he grew up with Chris, and and you see that with him on the court and off the court. But it's interesting to me now, 15 years after Winthrop beat Notre Dame, 14 years after Chris Gaynor graduated from Winthrop, he's calmed a little bit. You you kind of see that he's grown up. It's fun to see you know his maturity, and you know he's a dad. I mean he's he's been a dad for a while, but. Um, he still is one of my favorites, and I, I think there's some sort of, you know, there's always a little bit of nostalgia with the first team uh, when you're with a team for a, quite a while as, long, as we have, and the first team always kind of has that nostalgia and that, that, that sense of... Well, uh, it's also the best team in the history of the conference. Well, you, you beat me to the punch there. You didn't let me finish. Um, me? It also <laughs> doesn't sound <laughs> you right. Don't do, you never do that to me. Um, but, it, but then you throw in the fact that that team... You know, beat Notre Dame, a ranked team, first time Winthrop had ever won in the NCAA tournament. So, of course, that even kind of solidifies it even more. And Chris, as we will find out, um, also helped us out on on the broadcast. We'll let the the, the podcast kind of fill in some of that. That was a lot of fun working with Chris. But um, but it's interesting because now we're getting older, Dave. Uh, you know, the players that we have covered now have kids, uh, some in their teens, and it may not be before long before some of them are in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Gaynor is one of our favorites, and th- there are some portions of this interview that if you were being abundantly sensitive, you could kind of think twice about. We, we talk about Greg Marshall. I understand everything that has been reported about Greg Marshall. You have to understand that Greg treated Mike and I very well. And when we would go to practice and watch practice, Greg would push the line. He was a taskmaster and he was tough, but we never saw him do anything remotely close to the things 
that are alleged. So when we talk about him in positive terms or just reminiscing about his time, we're not speaking to anything that is alleged. We're speaking only to our experience. Right. I mean, this is not, uh, you know, condoning anything that, uh, you know, may have allegedly happened. It's, it was outside of our scope. We just didn't know about it. And, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, that, you know, if what has happened is to, is, you know, it certainly is borne out to be true. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I hate it for the, the student athletes because, you know, you don't want their experience to be, uh, you know, you want to be safe when you go to a school and you want to have, you know, you want to have fond, fun memories and you don't want to have, you know, you know, that kind of trauma. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's unfortunate and it's, it's unfortunate for the student athletes. I'm sorry, Mike, we heard the bing and you're out of time. And <laughs> that means it's time to play the Chris Gaynor interview in its entirety. And uh, we hope you enjoy as you get ready for Winthrop and Vanderbilt. Years ago, Winthrop beat Notre Dame, the biggest win in the history of the Big South Conference. Chris Gaynor, a Winthrop Hall of Famer who has four championship rings, was a part of that team. Do you feel old? I feel very old. I feel very old. My knees remind me every day. Did you watch the championship game Sunday when Winthrop beat Campbell to advance to the tournament? I did. I was locked in. I also heard uh, the announcer gave Mike a shout out, too. <laughs> well-deserved yeah definitely definitely those guys are playing amazing they're playing at a, a high level right now um dominant throughout the conference you know they had that one slip up but most of most of the games you could tell that they were the most dominant team in the conference what has it been like not just this year but over the past whatever 10 12 years being an alum and following this team that you poured so much into well, proud. I mean, uh, what was, was it now 13 championships or whatever it is? I mean, who can, who can ask for more than that? You know, when you look at what the rest of the conference has done, is we're just head and shoulders above everybody. And to see that they're continuing that, it's just great. I think I saw something that Winthrop has 13 championships, and then in the last 26 years, the rest of the league has 12 or something. Like that. Yeah, it's, it's, something, it's something crazy like that. It's something. Well, are there any similarities <laughs> that you see between your team that, that won in 07 and, and this team that's that's trying to do what you guys did and hasn't been done since? Yes and no. Um, they obviously play a different style of ball than we do, um, but they, they are a big team. And I think uh, especially everybody wants to talk about that 2017. We were, we were pretty big, except for me, <laughs> me, me and Dre. <laughs> we were the two smallest things out there. But for the rest of, of the team, we were pretty big. And I think um, and, and we were so deep. Uh, you can see these guys rotating five in and five out. Um, that's, that's hard to, to step, you know, to keep up with if you're the opposing team. I like to joke with man Taurus Robinson that he played for such a small amount of time in the Notre Dame game. He's not even officially in the box score, but he did play in the game. He came in, he yep. blew his net, and Coach Marshall took him out, and he never made it to the box score. <laughs> well, man Torres, he, he did a lot for us. Um, 
the whole time I was there. Obviously, after I was there, he was he was huge for the team. Um, and he's doing good things at College of Charleston, Coach Grant, right now. Yeah, no question. And that, that actually brings up another point. Not only was Coach Marshall ahead of kind of a, you know, a unbelievable program, but the assistant coaches have experienced great success as well. What do you remember about that staff? Um, I think, you know, lately, you know, there's not been a lot of positive things from when we were on that team with, with Coach Marshall going on. Um, but we were such a close family. You know, we were invited to the coaches' houses. And, you know, for some of us who parents weren't in the next state, it made us feel like we were, we were family. Um, those guys really cared about us and they pushed us. I mean, some people might not like how they, they got pushed, but you can't deny that, you know, pushing from the coaching staff elevated our games. 15 years later, how many of those teammates are you still in touch with? Well, I talk to mentors and Mike uh, every day. <laughs> I still talk to Scott Jerome a lot. Um, every, I still talk to Byron. Um, every once in a while, I hear from Craig or Jason Clean. I still talk to Terrell every, every once in a while as well. Um, the one person who, who I'm – I still talk to Billy a little bit, but uh, the one person who I really haven't talked to who I need to really get up with is, is Schuler. Uh, that, that used to be my guy right there. He he would always give me a hard time, but he definitely elevated my game, and I, I was thankful for him being a teammate. When you think back at your experience at Winthrop, I think many of us remember your work on the court, but there was an awful lot of time that was in the classroom and in the community and among the, the fans and the friends. Like, What do you remember about kind of the whole experience? Well, um, honestly, when I first came to Winthrop on my visit, um, it just, it was, again, it was just a close-knit family. It, it made me feel like a family from the players on the team to the staffs, to their families, to um, the boosters. Um, I'm, a, I'm in real estate right now, Colwell Banker, um, partially because of, of Stephanie Sight, you know, a good friend and a good mentor and, uh, you know, just an excellent person to be around. So, um, the fact that the community bought into what Coach Marshall and his staff and what our team was trying to do, it just made it that much easier for us to go out there and play our heart out because we knew we had so, so many people behind us. What do you remember most about the uh, the game against Notre Dame? Hitting that shot. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Um, every once in a while, I'll see it on, on some Twitter post or something when I hit that shot, but uh, you know, it's very cliche-ish, but those are moments that you dream about. You know, you're in your yard and stuff. You three, two, one, you count down and you're shooting shots. Um, although it wasn't a buzzer beater, but it felt like it. So, I mean, that, that's one of the most memorable shots I've ever made in my life. How many times have you gone back and watched that game over the years? To be honest, Dave, maybe about – I haven't watched the full game. I've, I've watched just clips from it. Um, maybe three or four times and not, not much, honestly. Like, what do you remember about it? Because I went back and watched it maybe a year, two years ago. And honestly, and maybe it's just me and my memory isn't that good. Like a lot of things surprised me. Well, um, you know, I think it, it, it really sums it up when, when we say that we were a team of destiny, you know, the years before we were, um, 
kind of torn down with last second shots or playing Gonzaga to the end um, and coming up short that uh, we just had a different feel about it this year. You know, we were top 25 in the nation. We knew that we could play with anybody. Um, and so that that speech that Coach Marshall gave, man, that, that really had everybody pumped up about uh, there will be no parade tomorrow, no today. Uh, that really had us pumped up. And then as the game was just going along, I mean, we were just feeling comfortable and, and we hit shots and, and played well that game. You remember, obviously, the whole trip. That story that Coach Marshall was alluding to was it was in Spokane, Washington. So you took a charter all the way. Right, right. Yeah. All the way across the country. And it was, it was a St. Patrick's Day parade. And, and the, the rumor was that Notre Dame was going to be on the St. Patrick's Day float yeah. the day after we played them. And then now, I don't always... know if this is true or not, but I mean, <laughs> it gave us some motivation. Yeah, exactly. Now, the game got tight. You guys led by a decent amount, and it got tight. I think a team that maybe didn't have the experience or, or didn't have kind of what you talked about of that, like that were the team of destiny, maybe folds when you kind of choke away a big lead. What did you guys do to hold yourself together? Um, honestly, we were, we were an older team, like you said. Uh, and we just knew that we were tired of getting there and not getting over that hump. Um, you know, <laughs> thought we weren't going to talk about when missed free throws, but I mean, Coach Marshall kind of put in my ear, you miss another one, you cover it out type deal. Uh, so, I mean, it, we, we really just wanted to get over that hump, and we were going to do it by any means necessary. If we had to, to make an extra pass or, or you know, uh, get a steal or get a rebound or take a charge, whatever we had to do, we were going to get over that hump. And I think that all five of us on that court at the time, no matter who subbed in or who subbed out, had the same feeling. What about the year as a whole? Because the NCAA tournament was the culmination. It was incredible. But it was a special season. Yeah, it, it definitely was. We played a, a whole bunch of good teams that year. Um, we, came, we won some and we came up short against a, a, a lot of top 25 teams, ended up being top 25 teams that year. Um, and so I think by my junior year, um, you know, Terrell and Craig's senior year, Mike's junior year, Phil's uh, senior year in 2007, we we kind of had the, the sense that we were playing for our seating, right? Um, granted, the Big South at that time was tough. I mean, you still had Coastal and Liberty in there, and you see that they're, what they're doing in their respective conferences, um, especially Liberty. Uh, we, we still knew that we were going to have an uphill battle in conference, but we knew that we were going to get there to that championship game. And so that we needed to play our hearts out and, and win these other games, non-conference games to help our seating, which uh, we, we ended up beating, I think Mississippi state that year. And we had some other good wins that year too. Yeah. I think you beat old dominion on the road. If I'm not mistaken. They were pretty darn good. I think you won at East Carolina. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a good year. Was that the year you won the Bracket Buster game of Missouri State too? Mike hit that crazy shot at the buzzer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and they and they had um they had a I forgot that kid's name. That kid who could shoot the lights out of it. Um, that was a, a good game, and that that's another game I'll never forget. <laughs> We're in warm up lines, and they got this big television uh, screen right behind the goal, and they're just 
shouting out facts about Winthrop. And it's all about how Winthrop was an all-girls school for so long. And I mean, they're just clowning us, clowning us, clowning us. And it's like, we're in more of a line looking at that like, oh my gosh, here we go, here we go. That shot Mike hit was a banked-in three, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mike, and that's the thing, he was my roommate all four years. He's got a parent and my youngest son. Um, he his evolution of, of his skills from freshman year to senior year into now, it just like, it was a uphill climb, never stopping. And so by the time we got to our junior year and he, we went with the three guard lineup, I mean, he was just out there playing out of his mind. We needed him. I mean, you went to the three guard lineup because Terrell got hurt. Mike jumped into the starting lineup. And by the time Terrell got healthy again, there was no choice but to play both of them. Well, a little known fact that people might not know, um, Terrell was actually hurt my, our freshman year. Um, at the start of our freshman year, and me and Mike were actually starting. We started in the exhibition game, too. Um, and then Terrell got better, and then he kind of came in and, and took his spot back. But everybody knew Mike could play, definitely. Um, when you look at that, that run, the, the run in the conference tournament, I think we thought you were going to play high point in the championship game, but you ended up playing VMI. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I, I think I might even had a double double that game. <laughs> it was one of the, the lone times when I went up for a, a layup and my hand actually hit the rim on one of those layups. But uh, man, that that was a close game as well because uh, if Reggie hits that three at the end, we go into overtime. Um, and it's hard, and especially Winthrop, uh, this year's Winthrop team can tell you, they had to play, what, high point three times in a row? It's hard to beat three uh, a team three times in a row, period. It, three times in the season. But to beat a team three times in a row like they did, you know, that's, that's major kudos. Um, but VMI, they were so tough because their style of play. You know, they trap all over the floor and just shoot whatever three that they can get their hands on. Uh, and they had shooters and they had athletes. So that game was definitely a, a good one. Um, I'm not sure if it was a, a heart stopper as much as uh, the year before with Coastal when I threw it in the Craig that year, but it was, it was definitely a good game. That pass, I still can't believe you had the balls to throw. <laughs> I mean, there, there was no space to get it to him. I, I, I damn sure zoomed it in there to him, but... Uh, I'll never forget, we ran uh, four. We ran four for Craig and came around. I spent off and I saw him come in uh, around the screen and that defender turned his head and I just zoomed it past him. Craig got in, put a hook shot up and the rest is history. Yeah, and that led, of course, to the Tennessee game. Man, that, uh, yeah, that's, that's, to think about that, it just gives you chills because you know you were in the game and you had it. Um, and, you know, over the years, yeah, people say he traveled. He did travel. But, I mean, you can't just blame it on that one play. We went on a, a scoring drought that just seemed like it would never end. And to lose uh, in Greensboro, you know, 15 minutes away from my hometown, that just was like a dagger in my back. Um, but, again, those type of moments led up to the 2007 year, which made us, you know, that much hungrier. Can you see any parallels between that 
and what Winthrop went through clinching their berth last year, not being able to go to the tournament, and then this year getting back? Well, yes, yes, definitely. Uh, a little joke, uh, I'm not sure if you know or if, I, if I've ever told you, but uh, me and Kyle, uh, the commissioner, pretty close. Uh, I sent him a tweet and asked him if we can go ahead and put a national championship banner up from last year. He said, yeah, go, go ahead, sure. <laughs> um, but those guys who might not have ever played in, in the NCAA tournament or those guys who, um, you know, it's their last year this year and, you know, last year would have been their first year, um, you know, it's, it's, you only have this time. And so uh, the feeling that you might have had last year going in there on, on a high like you are now, you got to utilize that momentum and, and go ahead and, and try to get this win for Winthrop. Um, definitely with the style of play that, that Coach Kelsey's playing, um, and the team that they have, they can pretty much play with anybody uh, in the country. And that's how we were feeling 2007 year. When you remember Selection Sunday before your junior year and eventually you get Notre Dame, do you remember who you wanted, who you didn't want, what you thought of when you drew the Irish? <laughs> no, I just was trying to get to the TV first and say hey to my friends. <laughs> um, uh, we had a, a great coaching staff, so I knew whoever we played, uh, we were going to be well prepared for. And we had a great team, especially that 2007 year, um, who were older and more mature. And, and we were all on a mission that year. And we were very focused that year. So uh, to get over that hump against Notre Dame, I think uh, we were all just really trying to head to the TV screen that Selection Sunday. You're a basketball guy. Have you watched enough games this year to say – man, there are a couple of teams that I think Winthrop could have a good time with or a couple of teams they really need to avoid? Yes. Uh, I, I love basketball, um, especially college basketball. I love the NBA too, but uh, I definitely watch my, my fair share of college basketball. Um, you know, but as a competitor, uh, I don't think that you're really going to say that you need to avoid these teams because you think that you can play with any team in, in the country. Um, and if you don't feel that way, you go out there and play stiff and, and you might not play as well as you, you normally play. For everybody in the world, it's a, it's a different thing, right? But coaches are trying to tell their players in the locker room before the game, that this is just like any other game, you know, it's not, but how do you try and keep that same focus of preparing for the game, knowing that it could be the biggest game of your life? Well, you already know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You already know that going in. So uh, I think, it all goes down until uh, being prepared for that day. You know, you go in there, you have shoot around, you have a practice, um, you get a feel for the gym, you see how big the arena is because, you know, Winthrop Coliseum is a big arena for the Big South, but then you go into like an NBA arena, <laughs> you know, it's totally different. Um, so you start to get the feel of how it's going to be. Now, granted, you know, in the NBA arena, it's not going to be filled. You're going to have your fair share of fans, but, uh, this is what you work so hard for. And so I think uh, just staying focused on the task at hand and what you've been preparing for all week is how you go out there and just play, play your best. When, as a fan and as an alum, but, but not as a player and not on the Winthrop coaching staff, on Selection Sunday this week, this coming up on Sunday, when you see who Winthrop draws, what will you be looking for and thinking about? Um, 
I think I'll be looking to see guard play um, just because everybody knows once, once the tournament hits, unless you have like the player of the year, big men, it's pretty much a guard guard oriented game. Um, and uh, we got, we got some good guards. You know, we got a player of the year, Aldrin. Um, he, he's, he's been doing triple doubles. <laughs> so and he's, he's a big guy. Um, I just want him to be able to play with the speed of the game when it comes to playing pretty much, you know, a, a fourth or fifth seed team or whatever that they have to get because um, it's going to be different levels. And I, and I hate that this COVID happened because I, I know that they had some scheduled games that uh, they would be able to get prepared for this moment right here. Um, so, because these guys are going to be a lot different than Campbell, <laughs> a lot different than Campbell. But uh, I think that they're they're up to the challenge, and they they got a good coaching staff, and uh, and I know Jay Gray personally, so I know that he's been in in these uh, moments as well. So I know he can give them uh, some some aspect of what he went through to get them prepared as well as being a guard. Did you think that Justin would be a good coach? Definitely, definitely. He's uh, very cerebral. Um, and he can shoot the lights out of it. <laughs> I mean, and that's what Coach Kelsey loves. And Coach Kelsey knows that from when he was at, at Wake with him. He can shoot the lights out of it. He's very cerebral, um, which uh, growing up, um, being friends with him and being able to play with him and Chris and all those other guys, you know, I learned stuff from him as well. So for him to be able to put it into to coaching, I don't think that, that he would miss a beat. You talked about Chandler Vaudrin, who – essentially plays the same position you did, but you guys play it relatively differently. I mean, he's a lot bigger than you. H how would you compare Chris Gaynor in his prime and Chandler Vaudrin in his prime and, and how those two players are similar and different? Well, uh, similarity, they're winners. <laughs> uh, he, he's definitely a winner. Um, and he, he affects the game in so many different levels. Like I, I feel like I did. Um, either steals or assists or timely buckets. Um, but difference, obviously, he, he's posting guys up. I, mean, I wasn't posting anybody up. And the, the style that Coach Kelsey plays versus style Coach Peel and, and, and Coach uh, – <laughs> I, I mean, Coach Marshall – Coach Marshall definitely didn't give a lot of people, you know, a lot of leeway. You know, you ran the play and then – if you had time to make a play out of it, that's what you did. But uh, Coach Kelsey, you guys come down, them guys come down firing. <laughs> um, but Coach Marshall, he was he's a winner, and he, he put us in um, a situation where we were able to be successful, so I can't say anything bad about that. Um, but, again, our styles in, in this era is just so, so different. Um, I think I saw something, and I, I try to stay out of it, about you know who will win between this team versus our 2017. It's just two different eras. You know, like I said, you don't even have Coastal or a Liberty in, in your conference anymore. Um, and our conference was totally different then. Every game was pretty tough um, because you had NBA guys in there. Um, now, granted, they had Chris Clemens. You know, they had a couple guys uh, recently go to the NBA. Um, but every team had a guy that could possibly go to the NBA. Um, but Chandler's doing an excellent job and I, I look, I love watching him play. Um, and I'm wishing him a lot of success this upcoming uh, tournament. Is there, um, I always like to throw this in there because sometimes like, you know, we have 
our list of questions, things we wanted to, is there anything that we haven't asked you? Is there anything that comes to mind that, um, you know, from, from your playing days that, you know, maybe no one's ever asked you or something that maybe people never, never learned about the team that, that, that that's kind of been a, a secret nugget over the years. Um, when, when, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me when we played pickup and I was captain who my, my first pick was when, when we went live. Um, and a little known fact is Johnny Rice was always my number one pick. He was always <laughs> my number one pick because he was going to go out there and rebound and he set the absolute widest screens that you could set. And he had those knees out, and I was not trying to get hit with those knees. So I always pick him first on my team. And uh, we win a lot of games out there. Hey, you mentioned uh, Coach Kelsey's style. Would you have liked to play in that style? Um, you know, I think that's a catch-22 <laughs> question. Um, of course, I would like to play this. Who doesn't like to shoot the ball and score? Um, you know, who doesn't like to get up and down down the court? But I think um, the style that we played was a lot of times hindered on our defense. Um, and we, we pressed the whole game. <laughs> you know, so on made baskets, we were getting into the press. And I don't, I don't really see them pressing a lot. They play a lot of man-to-man, which is okay. But, um, you know, I would, I would love to play where I can just shoot it every time. But I also like what we did. We won. <laughs> so you can't argue with that. Well, we, we know you like to shoot because there's your last game, you weren't coming out of that game. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. My, I definitely wasn't. I knew how much I had to get to get to 1,000. And once I saw that game got out of hand, I was letting it ride every chance. I mean, I was throwing backwards shots up against uh, – what's the guy's name? He plays for Toronto now. Um, Aaron, uh, Aaron – um, what's his name? The big, big white guy. Baines. Baines. Yeah, Baines. I'm floating stuff up over him. I knew how much I had to get, and I saw Justin Burton go to that scores table. I was like, we're going to either get a tech or it's going to be something going on ESPN, and look at the mayhem going in with him because I was not coming off that court until I hit that three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thankfully, Coach Peel understood, and Coach McGillan and Dixon and Molinari, those guys, they understood, and Justin as well understood. So once I hit hit that three, hey, suck me out. Come, come get all your plans <laughs> you want. What was it like after that game, your final college game? You've gone to the tournament four times, but now you know it's over. Oh, man, we cried. We cried. Everybody, every, all, all those seniors cried, man, because we knew that, uh, it, like you said, it was over. Nobody ever wants it to be over. And definitely how we lost, we didn't like that. Um, but, you know, just the camaraderie that we have with those the brothers that we call ourselves – um, you know, it was, we knew it was going to change. People were going into separate lives and stuff. I had a son on the way. <laughs> and so we knew that, uh, you know, all this fun that we've been having over the last four years was was over. So that son now is 13, 14 years old, right? He'll be 13 in May. He, uh, he was born the day before I graduated. So how is the family and what are you doing and what's life like? Well, uh, like I said um, earlier, I'm a real estate agent now. I'm out here trying to sell as many houses as I can. So uh, if you're in the Charleston area and you want to sell your house or buy a house, uh, you can contact me. Uh, I'm sure Dave or Mike will give you my information. 
Um, but I, I also have a three-year-old son as well, married uh, for five years with my wife, uh, Tanisha, attended Winthrop as well, but graduated at College of Charleston. Um, we're just out here living in, as you can see, uh, trying to avoid as much as pollen as I can. <laughs> and me and Mentors were talking about that this morning, actually. I talked to him this morning. He's going through the same thing. All this pollen out here is just killing us. You, you joined the real world. Now you've got the same real world problems the rest of us do. Oh my gosh, yes. And then, I, as you can see, I'm not 100, I don't know what the program said, 160 pounds anymore. <laughs> Chris Gaynor was uh, 5'10", 160. Yeah, I, and I can tell you this, I wasn't 160 pounds either. <laughs> I think my playing weight might have been like 154 or something like that. <laughs> That's right. In the uh, Merrimack College football roster from uh, 1988, I was 6'1", 190. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't near six foot, and I wasn't anywhere near 190 either. Hey, but uh, another uh, something that people didn't know about me, uh, after my freshman year at Winthrop, I mean, I was exhausted. <laughs> I remember calling my dad. I think it was after the Charleston Southern game here in, in Charleston. I was like, Dad, I'm just exhausted, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing so much. I'm like, man, Coach ain't putting BK in at all. It's like, yeah. And then I go, at the end of the day, the whole starting five don't come out. I was just exhausted. And after the season was over with, I worked a couple camps, but I didn't work out at all. And I think I got up to like 170. And I was feeling huge. And then the first week back with Coach Kettler, I got down to 154 so quick. And it's like, why can't I do that now? <laughs> why can't I do that now? It was like, I look I look at a taco and I gain five pounds, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you like tacos. That's what you're telling us. Uh, here and there. You know, my wife tries to do the uh, Taco Tuesday. The other little known fact I think about Chris was uh, he was one of my early color analysts we did. We did quite a few games, yeah, Mike, for, yeah. for the Lady Eagles. Yeah, for the Lady Eagles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a good time, man. That was fun. I, loved, I really enjoyed that. The great Chris Gaynor, four seasons in Rock Hill, Four championship rings, and of course, in as a junior, the victory over Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament. It, it will be hard to ever match that sort of resume, and I just love the the passion he has for Winthrop and, and remembering all of the details of his time in garnet and gold. If Winthrop knocks off Villanova in the NCAA tournament, it would be very, very different because Chandler Vaudrin has only been on the team for three years, but one was a, a redshirt year, so two total years playing. And obviously, they qualified for the NCAA tournament but didn't get to play in it in his first year playing. But if they beat a Big East opponent, a school that has won a couple recent national championships, if they go out and get a W, is Chandler Vaudrin a Winthrop Hall of Famer? I think you'd have to say yes. Me I mean, too. You know, I you know, I don't know if you know. I've never seen anyone say four years at a school has to be. I, I agree. Carmelo Anthony right, is a at, Hall at, of Famer at Syracuse. Absolutely, and 
I also want to say something, too, because I know some people may be thinking this. In no way would a Winthrop win, you know, kind of put that 07 team, 06, 07 team, you know, off to the side a little bit. Because they're always going to be the first team. Oh, yeah. So that's so their legacy is set. And in talking to Chris and just what he relayed to us about talking to some of his teammates, they're, they're fired up. They're, they're, they want this, you know, they're, they're you know, they're appreciative and supportive and behind this team and they want to see uh they'd be happy to see them go to the sweet 16 and even beyond mike it feels like we've been on the road for a month (laughs) and it's nice to be in indy and i'm looking forward to watching some other basketball games but man i can't wait for tip off no i can't wait for tip off either i do have to give you a sincere thumbs up five stars uh maybe five conies uh, you picked this hotel, uh, and this is it's 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 perfect. Now it's not the Ritz Carlton. That's a fine. We don't need a Ritz Carlton, but spacious, comfortable, clean. Um, I'm not going to do any cooking, but if I wanted to, there's a range. <laughs> so it well makes, done. It makes the experience better when you can find somewhere that's comfortable. And you got a great rate. <laughs> well, that's a big key. In fact, that might be the biggest key. Enjoy. Uh, thank you for listening to Chris yes. Gaynor. If you have comments, comments on what Chris yep. had to say or what we had to say, comments on the Bearded Car Cast in general, uh, thoughts on our trip to Indianapolis, maybe a prediction on the game, tweet at us, send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Please do take the couple of minutes it takes to rate and review us on Stitcher and SoundCloud and iTunes. And uh, tomorrow, day of the game, we are going to have a little breakdown of the game, a more X's and O's deep dive into Winthrop and Villanova. And I think you're going to love it. Uh, it's, uh, I, I'm not saying that because I had one question on it. I'm saying it because it's really good. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, but you'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> good. Send me...